and welcome to the 43rd episode of the NL Feast podcast. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the Dustin May to my Bobcat, Brandon Gross. <laughs> I want to get into that very badly. Did you say 43 or 44? I said Did 43. I oh, it's it was 44. Okay. Hello right? and welcome to the 44th episode of the NL Feast podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me is always the Dustin May to my Bobcat. There we go, Brandon. Brandon Gross. Dust, Dustin May to my... Bo- Wait. Dustin May. Okay, so I killed you. You killed me with a, a incredibly large gun. Yes. What a what a, yes. like a mammoth of a gun that is in that photo. I, I'm not sure. I assume people in baseball Twitter have seen it, but I, I sent this to Sam, I don't know, an hour or so ago. Um, of Dustin May posting a photo of a murdered bobcat that he's posing <laughs> with in a bed of bed of his truck, and then Brewster Gratterall, um, Brewster Gratterall, Brewster is that Brewster? I think he's how he said. Now, of course, I'm Brewster. probably great this name, up, but yeah, great name. Uh, Mr. Brewster Gratterall uh, posted on his Instagram shortly thereafter um, of I guess cartoons of of uh animals killing poachers yes yeah uh one might call that heavy-handed brandon that seemed a little on the nose what did you say a little heavy-handed uh but you know team gratterall for sure we don't like bobcats bobcats are cute we don't bobcats like people get oh, we like bobcats whoa i said we don't like bobcats we like bobcats no, we like bobcats also we're from florida where there are a lot of florida bobcats there are bobcats everywhere brandon a lot of them uh, i guess they're, wait, they're pan- panthers are Panthers and Bobcats the bo- same thing? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> okay, all right. Fair, <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Um, yes, but uh, also I did comment to you. I was like, that Bobcat is cute. It is not a, like, it's not like a disgusting animal that he was like, I don't know, looks like he was like saving. It was like a small little Bobcat with this monster like Call of Duty sniper rifle that he was using to, to blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- also, it looked like it was still alive, and then I looked. I was like, "Oh, look, he's posing with a bobcat." And I was like, "Wait, there's a gun over there." And I looked in closer, and there's definitely a wound on that poor little bobcat. <laughs> oh no, back. I didn't zoom in. I wasn't going to zoom in. I was too scared of what I'd see. I zoomed in. Uh, I like morbid things, so I zoomed in. But upsetting, just upsetting behavior from from Mister May. So we're going to add him to our anti-vax all-stars list. Check he's it out. Made it. He got. It. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> he You're. Made it. He's, it's like in the All-Star game when a player gets injured or they don't want to play in the All-Star game, and then you got the, the replacements coming in. Yes, uh, he's that's, the replacement. That's what happened here. Uh, that's so you're, funny. You're, you're added to the list, uh, my man. Um, but yeah, upsetting. Uh, we're not hunting fans here. You know, do what you want to do, people, but don't kill a bobcat. Don't kill a bobcat. Brandon, have you ever been hunting or hunted anything before? Absolutely. I shot a gun for the first time um, right before COVID. No way. Um, that's right. I feel like we might have mentioned this on the podcast. Yeah, right before COVID, I did uh, the the skeet shoot, uh, the skeet shooting, the pellets. The, yes, yes, the yes, clay yes. pigeon sort of thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Did not hit one target. Was there <laughs> hours upon hours? Did not hit one target. Came close a few times, but I was like, you know, I think that's for the best. Um, very scary though, because also yes. it was scary. And I think if you went back to NL Feast number like five or something, yeah, you'd one of the OG episodes. Conversation. Yeah. Um, but very scary because they also had a, a gun range right next to it. And that's like bang, 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 bang. And, uh, you know, not a fan. Not a don't fan. Don't kill bobcats. Don't kill clay pigeons. 
I've never been Don't. hunting before, but I have shot guns as well. I did it in college with like a, somebody on our improv team. I know it's kind of strange to imagine anybody on an improv team shooting guns, but uh, we took us out there and I <laughs> shot like rifles and a pistol and I didn't like it. The rifles are, they, they like blow me back. Maybe I'm just a weak little boy, but they, they like really do pack a little bit of a punch. And then the pistol I was like, this is like in a scary way, the opposite of the experience where I had with the rifle where I'm like, I'm just, I could wave this thing around. It weighs like seven pounds and it's, <laughs> and it's just shooting bullets like capable of killing. It was just not, uh, not for me, not for me. I don't like the power. I don't need that power. <laughs> I don't want life. the power. I don't want the power. Take these things away from me. I have no interest in it. Um, but Brandon, of course, you know what I'm going to ask you? How was your weekend? How was your week? It's been a minute since we've caught up. What have you been up to? Yeah. Um, you know, nothing too usual weekend stuff, softball. I did have a friend's birthday party on Saturday. Oh, exciting. Um, and there is, we're talking improv team. Oh. As we know, as we know famously on the pod, Sam and I were both on the <laughs> yes. same college improv team at different times. But I met a man who was at the party, or oh, okay. a boy, I should say, Ooh, who was a at a party who started college and was on the improv team in 2018. No, wait, wait our, our improv team? Yes, like same the one that we were in college. Four. What was their name? Do you regard, can you give me like a first name or without doxing? Uh, this uh, they started in 2018, so I don't think you were there then, right? Is there uh, with a T? Uh, but he probably knows. Okay, he definitely knows yeah. my roommates. I wonder if he definitely knows your roommates. If he, he was on like the roommates. the second team, like there's like a the performance I, team, and then there's the team below it. So maybe they were on that's that team then. That's before my. That's before or after my time too, because we were doing different things back that's then. That's right. So you didn't was, have the you you had just the performance team. Just a performance team, so we were, yeah, we were we were uh, elites. You know, we just had the elite <laughs> it was only the team cream of the crop, the baby. <laughs> only the cream of the crop, but uh, but yeah. So I met him, and uh, nice guy, awesome guy. But what I thought about, I was like, oh, this guy doesn't know anything about nine eleven, and then <laughs> of course that's the that's the reasonable thing to think. And of, of course, and then unprompted later, he was like, I think the big difference between like my generation and yours is. We don't remember nine eleven, and he said he this. said that them, they said that themselves. He's without me bringing it That's up. Wild. Not, you know, I That's wild. That's wild. I uh, I've always used that as like the defining line for Zoomers and millennials is if you don't remember nine eleven, then you're a Zoomer. But if you do have like a, a recollection of nine eleven, then you aren't a Zoomer. You're a millennial. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you and I were, you know, in one of the planes. We, I'm kidding. Please. <laughs> no, we did Please. the we did the Seth MacFarlane. We were supposed to join the plane, yes. but we slept too late. Avoided the tragedy. <laughs> we were recording a, something called a podcast <laughs> way too way too late into the night. We were ahead of our time, Brandon. We we're ahead of our time. That's wild. I uh I I had an insane weekend myself. I went to Keen's Steakhouse. Are you familiar with Keen's? Have you heard of Keen's? This, I've I've heard of I think the last two weeks you've mentioned Keynes to me and I go no I know Peter Luger so yes you go, well, okay Keynes. I nef- you definitely said that once well I finally made the t- the the trip I've been talking about so much Keynes on Friday and Brandon it was the most opulent like decadent meal I've ever had in my entire life it, it was an insane experience truly an insane experience you you took a picture of of what what type of steak did you get? I got what a prime again? rib my roommate prime who rib. we were who we so that I think I mentioned this on the podcast previously but we won a fantasy football league together so we used mm-hmm. the earnings to go what I thought would pay for the entire meal but really only covered a little over half for each of us um, <laughs> but uh so he got a, he got the mutton chops which are like the thing they're most known for so he got the mutton chops I got the prime rib I adored my my cut of meat it was far too much food I sent you a picture of it it's huge I mean, we'll- you sent me a picture of it and it was just a uh, renaissance fairy <laughs> looking piece of meat that you have. Yeah, I went to a jousting session and then decided that I was going <laughs> to hunker down and eat some food. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. We were, I felt 
like at the same time rich and poor rich because i was in a fancy steakhouse for the first time in my life and poor because i clearly did not belong in this fancy steakhouse um there was it, it was wild there was uh we got a, a old fashions as as one does when you go to a steakhouse um then we got an appetite they bring out like pickles and celery sticks and carrots with blue cheese as like an, and bread as like an appetizer before your appetizer mm-hmm. then we ordered bacon and sushi sushi peppers is that what they're called yeah, yeah sushido yeah. peppers and their bacon was like a, a half inch thick it was insane it was like a cut of meat so it's canadian cup. bacon is that what that would be i don't know no, i think canadian I don't know much about rounded bacon. bacon right that's like ham right? yeah this was like definitely bacon it was like a cured meat for sure um gotcha. and then we did yeah we did a round of uh everybody got a steak with sides and then we got dessert and cappuccino like it was it, it was an insane expense how much do you think each person paid themselves there were seven of us total and it and this is after your this is after winnings. tip. This is after. I'll, no, this is without my winning. So uh, before my winnings were taken out, how much do you think? Per person, how many people you said? There's seven of us. And there was a couple of bottles seven of wine people. order. There is all. De- we got like four desserts, cappuccinos afterwards, like coffees, you name it, everything. I bet you guys spent uh, 217 a person. That's so close. 206. 206 a person. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But thankfully, our, our fantasy football earnings covered 120 each. So it was only $80. Oh, worth it. Totally worth, worth it. it. Totally worth it. Now, all these other schmucks over here, though, that didn't have these fantasy football earnings to lean on. <laughs> these idiots. <laughs> Morons. They all make... Wait, did, you t- did everyone know? Was this everyone from your league no. that was eating or no? No. So some people didn't know about this secret earnings. They, they knew. Did, no, because it, so it was originally a trip for Michael and I, my roommate that I won this fantasy football league with. Yeah. And then we started telling people about it. And then the more people we told about, they're like, oh, I've never been to Keens. I've always wanted to go. Can I come with? And before we knew it, we had a group of five additional people. So it slowly expanded. Um, but I mean, everybody in our friend group makes more money than Michael. And I do so. It was like not a big deal for them. We had lawyers, Google employees, oh. you know, like uh, gotcha. finance bros, like you name it. Not they bros, were like, this is my lunch on a Tuesday. This is my Yes. And uh, my friend Nate, uh, who sometimes listens to the pod. I don't know if he's listening today, but shout out Nate if you are. He um, he was watching a Mad Men episode before. He came over just because he's like he's seen it before, but it's like background noise while he's working. Um, and Don Draper goes to Keens for lunch in the episode that he's watching. <laughs> for lunch, is that like the ep- is that the episode where probably isn't because he goes to lunch a lot, so that's stupid. But I was gonna say that might be the episode where Roger throws up in from the, the oh in the elevator or the stairs or something. Yeah, I wonder if after that's a big it. lunch, I don't remember. I, I think he has clams though. There's oh, that's right. It's like oysters there, or something. Oysters yeah, or something. Some seafood, yeah. but yeah, man, that's about it. I've been I've been. Not surprised, but getting very, very irritated about uh, the lockout recently. And I've been texting you about this, about how I'm like kind of at wit's end. And that brings us to the theme of this week's episode, which is we're going to have a wonderful guest joining us soon. We're going to be talking about the CBA. We're going to be talking about the lockout. We're going to be talking about everything related to this labor issue that's going on in MLB right now, preventing us from baseball. But I was before we get into the conversation with our guest, I was wondering if how you've been feeling. Are you are you getting a little antsy? Where, where's your head at with this whole thing? Absolutely. No, same here. I mean, and it's different for me than you because I'm a one-sport pony. Yes, you know what I mean? That's very true. Yes. I'm, I'm a one-sport pony, so I, ch- I clock out for sports for a good, <laughs> yes. I don't know, uh, four months, right? I'm like kind of out. Aside from like reading baseball rumors, I'm like out for four you're months. You're reading like, so, like tweets from me about the Dolphins, but other than that, you're... <laughs> Yeah, you're just paying Yeah, ex- yeah, I know a lot about the Dolphins for some reason, <laughs> and I know a decent amount about the Jets and Giants because I follow ah, the sports, yes, yes. the New York sports uh, uh, sites. But so yeah, I'm super antsy. And normally, I was texting you this, but normally when the Super Bowl is over, um, I normally 
will text my dad or something. It will be like baseball season. Like you're ready. That's the Let's turning roll. point. Yes. This is right. Like spring training is a week point. away, two weeks away, maybe like pitchers and catchers are showing up like all the, the machinations start in motion. But Brandon, we're being denied that right now. And I was we're like being denied. I'm I'm we're in the middle of a great ba- basketball season right now. My team, the Orlando Magic are abysmal. But other than that, um, it's been entertaining. And we got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. We had like a we have like a lot of great sports. But I'm like really starting to just miss the afternoon baseball games that can be on while you're working or doing something else like to getting excited to see who's making this like who's making the 40 man like what's going on like all of the details that come as we get to put this part of the season in, and we're just being denied not to mention all the free agents that haven't even signed chris bryant's a free agent carlos rodon's a free agent it's i mean it's going to be exciting probably when that happens but i also and that's something we'll touch on with our guests like i wonder if this is going to hurt their markets mm. because they're going to have to rush into a deal or is it going to be a scenario like years past where they have the free agent spring training and they're taking their sweet time to get their deal you know yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but Brandon, before we get in with our guests, we're going to hit you with a little ad copy. So stick around for that. And then we're going to get right into the guest of the week. We'll be right back. Today's episode of NL Feast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, not .com, not .gov, you know, .org, or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. All right, enough of that ad read, Brandon. We've got a wonderful guest on the podcast today. You know him from the media empire, Just Baseball. Bring him in. Aram Layton. Aram, welcome, my friend. Empire is is a generous word. Uh, I appreciate that intro. Um, I think small, small village right now. Okay. But we're, we're getting there. You're we're getting you have, there. You have Conine. Um, it's been a you lot have of fun. Conine's on. That's how I figure it's, it's a, we're, we're almost an empire there. Yeah, he's the mayor. Um, <laughs> it, it's been great having Jeff Conine aboard, obviously. But no, I really appreciate the kind words. It's been awesome. A lot of fun and uh, really excited to be on here. Yeah, we've got you on today to talk CBA, lockout, all of the stuff that is making all of our palms sweat right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah. getting anxious about it. I don't know. How have you, uh, how have you been adjusting to, uh, to getting, getting your, uh, your baseball media company rolling with the, with the lockout? No, it, it's a great question, man, because it, on one side of it, and I think you guys have probably seen this too, because you guys are like converse. We were talking about it before recording. You guys are c- conversational, yeah. like fun guys that can kind of take nothing and turn it into something entertaining. Right. And that's uh, us. Like, <laughs> I, I look, I look at the, the lockout as an opportunity to really be able to flex that muscle. Cause you can't really teach that. Right. Good and point. Like, yeah. You know, so for, for us, you know, I think we're still heavy on the baseball, like, you know, diving into teams and diving into doing a lot of analysis and things like that. But I was like, all right, like, let's go to the drawing board. Let's have a day where we sit together. Let's come up with as many ideas as we can as to like how we can keep content pumping out through this dead time. And, you know, we started a GM series where each week uh, it's dedicated to, you know, one team. We spend two episodes really trying to break down how they can get better, how they got to where they are, what, what they need to do. Um, I obviously write up the farm system, we yes. have a farm system episode on Wednesday. And so we've been doing like a team, 
you know, every week. Uh, that's been really good. So it's been really humbling and really awesome to see the the podcast continue to grow. Because I think when you have a lot of people that aren't really putting stuff out all the time, it's been a cool opportunity to to really flex that muscle. But on the flip side, you can only grow so much when you have a general sport right now that people are angry at. And, you know, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, but it's been really fun. It's been cool to grow it. And you know, on the baseball field, my saying was always control the controllable. Um, and that's, you know, all I'm trying to do, I try to do that as a player and I'm trying to do that now on the media side. It's just control the controllable. Yeah. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Brandon and I have a little, we've been watching a lot of like baseball movies. Brandon, I know we had a, a pretty disappointing one last week. We did rookie of the year. I don't know if you remember oh, this God. arm. We watched rookie of the year. We also watched little bit, uh, little big league, right? That's what's called a little, that big one's league. better, big I league? think, right? Yes, that one's better. Yeah, and we, we said thought, the exact same thing. For some reason, the the more cult one is Rookie of the Year. Like when you cite like kid baseball movies, I feel like that's top five. Little Big League's almost forgotten, but it is way better. And also, the cast of All Stars Little Big League has is out of control. Like Randy Johnson, <laughs> Ken Griffey. They have Kevin Elster actually playing baseball on, on the Twins on the fake Twins team. It's wild. See, that's that's the funny thing. I think just Rookie of the Year is an easier title to remember. And I bet you a bunch oh, of people that say rookie yeah. of the year is better are thinking of little, little big league. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Cause I, I don't, I didn't remember little big league nearly as well as I remembered rookie of the no, year. I remember rookie of the year. Yeah. And it was like, we were rewatching. I was like, Oh, remember this scene? Remember that scene? Which is the one things? where he breaks his arm and starts throwing cheese. That's rookie, rookie of the year. Of the year. That's okay. rookie of the year. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. some weird shit that's going on in rookie of the year. Like he's a closer for the Cubs, but he's in the dugout the whole time, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's always a subplot of the mom falling in love with one of the, uh, one of the players on the team. Uh, and it's Gary Busey that even she falls in love with uh, in, in rookie of the year. So it's kind of wild. I've got an all-time bad rec for you. Oh, um, please. Have you guys gotten to Summer Catch yet? No. Summer is that a is that a kids one? It's it's not necessarily a kids one, but it's 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 like not not a kids one. Okay. Um, oh my god. Freddie well, I'm not going to ruin it. Watch it. it. I watched it. So I got a job in the Cape Cod League doing the broadcasting when I was in college. I was over the moon, man. Like it was it was a dream come true. And so I'm trying to get myself all amped up. I'm watching stuff and I was like, "Oh my god, there's a, there's a movie on on the Cape Cod League, which is which is what Summer Catch is, and it also who's the actress in Summer Catch? Jessica Biel. Jessica, Jessica Biel, Biel. Oh, dude, this is like crazy. a young, young, young Jessica Biel. So obviously she's extremely attractive. Yeah, I was like, this is this is. I mean, she's still attractive, but like super young. I'm like, all right, I'm watching this. This is gonna be sick. This is gonna be amped up for the Cape. What was she it was, was in- the most ridiculous? Just, just watch it, I, and and let me know when you guys give your review on that because I can't wait to listen to it. Well, Th- there's a point at the end that will make you want to want to actually freak I, out. I I think uh, you just planned our podcast for next week, so I appreciate it. You're gonna. I can't wait. I, we got we got some freaky noise. We're back. We're back. I don't know what my thing is okay, going fine. in and out, but whatever. We're gonna, we're gonna deal with it. Oh yeah, uh, you're good. Uh, Arm. I do have really quickly. I don't know if you know this fact, but you're gonna appreciate it. Uh, because you uh, are so well-versed in prospects. Did you know the mom in Little Big League, the one that plays the kid manager's mom, is Pete Crow Armstrong's actual mom? Isn't no, that insane, no, dude? That's hilarious. Yeah, isn't that wild? That is crazy. That is so... He was just, like, born to, to be in baseball. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm also still... Okay, not to jump back a little bit on the conversation, but this uh, this is a wild cast. So there's Freddie Prince Jr. in Summer Catch, Jessica Biel... Brittany Murphy, R.I.P. Brittany Murphy, and then Matthew Lillard, who plays Shaggy in the in the live action Scooby Doo movies. Wow, it, that, that's insane. a window into cinema in a certain time period. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, just Definitely wait. Very early. Just job. wait. Even even the bad quote unquote bad guys, like the the 
antagonist baseball player that he has to deal with is just so ridiculous, like oh. not a real human being that it it's just unbelievable. I can't wait to hear you guys. This is great. The director's still working. He's doing comedy store documentaries, Brandon. So that's kind of funny. Next week, we're doing it. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think what else we did. I, so there's like a weird gap. I know we, we said, hey, let's talk CBA. And now we're just railing baseball movies. But like, <laughs> um, there, I have a weird gap of movies that I haven't seen that are class. Like I've never seen Bull Durham and I've never seen Field of Dreams. So I've I feel never like, seen Bull Durham either. Okay, good. All right. Well, yeah, well, hey, it's depending on how long quick, this lockout goes. Bef- yeah, yeah. I might rewatch Summer Catch at, at this pace. <laughs> what do you think it is on Rotten Tomatoes, Summer Catch? Take a guess. Ooh. You didn't see it. Oh, uh, wait, the critics or the, fa- or the uh, fans? Oh, yeah, they have the two. Great question. Um, hold on, let me pull it back up. I, I just remembered the lower number. Is it which one's always the lower number? Uh, the lower number is normally the critics. Critics, of course it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The critics. What do you think the critics' score was of this movie? Oh, I'm gonna say seventeen uh, percent. I'm gonna say yeah. I, I said forty-seven. I don't know if you caught that. Was that too? Was that? Did not okay, sorry. It. I got. I figured out my eight. Eight percent. Eight. Eight percent. That's insane. Wow. That's insane. That's insane. I also figured I was going on with my audio. I kept connecting to my AirPods. So Bluetooth off, fellas. Bluetooth is off. We're an anti-Apple pod here, okay? <laughs> yeah. No Apple products. <laughs> yes, Just absolutely. Androids not. only. That's wild. So now you're making me wonder, because we didn't check the Rotten Tomatoes of any of the movies that we watched, but I, I'm like wondering what uh, Rookie of the Year is compared to Little Big League, like we were talking about. Let's see. Okay, Rookie of the Year. Let's do it again. Let's take guess. What do we think that the audience score of Rookie of the Year is? 67. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll say that's a pretty good guess. I would say I'll say 73. Okay. It is a 52. So Ooh. not as not that great. Not that great. I wonder what Little Big League though is. Okay. We got Little Big League here starring Luke Edwards. Okay. All right. This is, uh, this is interesting. Uh, second round of guessing, fellas. What do we think? Little Big League Rotten Tomatoes score. Arm? 72. Okay. I think I think this one's actually pan. I'm going to say that this one's uh 31%. So tomato meter 35%, but audience score is 53%. It's a by 1 percentage point better than rookie of the year apparently. Kind of nuts. It's a showdown. Equally as bad, equally as bad, but um so you've been saying that you've been doing these uh these GM rebuilds for the for the the Just Baseball um, have you gotten to the Marlins yet? Obviously, we brought you on this podcast previously. Is this, as a is this why Marlins you brought fan, him on, but... Sam? <laughs> yeah, just, just to sneak into Marlins. Let's so, you know, it's funny. My, my, my co-hosts, Chicago guy and New York guy, Peter and Jack. And um, it's a tough sell to, to get them to talk about the Marlins. So that makes sense. I, I've tried. They're like, how about the Red Sox? And I try again. Like, how, how about the Yankees? And I try again. They're like, how about the Dodgers? And then uh, we're going to get to the Marlins soon. Okay, we're gonna good. get to the okay, Marlins good. soon. I'm working on I'm working on a piece right now, kind of just like a state of the Marlins piece. Um, and then I think I'm gonna do a which you guys are welcome to join. I, one of the days this week, once I put out the piece and everybody yells at me, um, I'm gonna put out. I think we're gonna do a Twitter space with uh, with our guy takes were made. TV. Oh, dude, those, those are chaotic. <laughs> those yeah, are chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna let people yell at me. Just tee off. Oh, dude, I will for sure be on those. I've always just been like a passive listener. I've never tried to get on myself. Brandon, if, I, if you're not familiar, this guy is like one of the more uh, famous, infamous. I don't know which word is more correct infamous for this would be the, the word for the for the Miami sports uh, Twitter sphere. I definitely see him on my Twitter feed. I never actively sought that, but I do see it. <laughs> he's hilarious. He's, yeah. he's a really funny dude. He's a good dude. He has he's had Mish on a couple times, I think, for those spaces, right? Oh. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's th- Those are the ones I'll hop in on. It's just him grilling Mish and then Mish actually giving real reports. It's and then wild. him just being like, are they going to move Joe Dunn up to the big leagues? Like, <laughs> just stupid questions. Yeah. I, uh, so, okay, we're going to get into CBA, folks. Don't worry. But I just got to get your Joey Wendell trade grade. Cameron Meisner obviously going to the Rays. I know that was a prospect that a lot of people were really high on. I'm wondering how you're feeling about it in hindsight. Yeah, you know, it's it's layered, it's nuanced because there's the initial thought. I just I liked it from the component and from the standpoint of just hey, the Marlins need to get better at the big league level, yeah. and this was a move that makes them better at the big league level, right? I look at a team that gave Joey or Joey Joe Panic. Uh, how many played appearances last year? Too I mean, many, you know, too, too, too many, many too, way many too many played appearances last year, right? We're talking about like Joe Panic. Those are PAs that go from Joe Panic to to Wendell. You know, those are PAs that instead of I love John Birdie, but you know Wendell's Birdie, a massive Diaz. So the quite and Diaz as well yeah. too. The thing is though, you're not giving up a Cameron Meisner for a utility player. Yeah. So what this tells me is, I think I think he's going to get a lot more run at third base than we think. So do you and think I, then? Brian Anderson moves to right field. I know he's played a little bit in right field previously. He's got the arm, but like where else, or is Brian Anderson just not in the picture anymore? I think he could move to the outfield. I also think he could move away from period Marlins move period. Uh, I'm not sure. I think, I think we've seen this in the past, right? The Marlins have been very noncommittal. I mean, Kim Ang since the day she got in was (laughs) like, I don't like him basically, but in a much kinder words, you know, I've got to see more. There's more. I like, she knew what she knows about Brian Anderson. Yeah. Come on. She, she knows what she's doing. She's been one of the most, she was the most qualified GM going in that we've seen in a long time. Yeah. She knows everything. Not her first rodeo. Yeah. Brian Anderson, <laughs> right. I, I like BA, but you know, when you're a team that really struggles offensively, uh, that's a premium spot. You need, you need yeah. to be producing there. That being said, you now have Wendell there. It's an interesting spot. Overall, I think it's a good deal. End of the day. Meisner is a risky prospect, you know, high upside, but, but a lot of possible outcomes in Wendell. You know, he's an all-star in the first half. He was not in the second half. If he's somewhere between that, I think you're really happy if you're the Marlins. You need that kind of bat. And the glove, you know, translates for sure. And the versatility. Like you were saying, like yeah. there's so many times throughout last season that somebody BA went down for a while, Miggy went down for a while, Jazz went down for a while. Exactly. Like and you're plugging in all like all of like these essentially minor league players. And then our offense was stagnant. How many times did you see the lineup get tweeted out last season and be like, there are five dudes in a row that I don't trust to ever get on base. That felt that like was my favorite so thing. People just rip in like Ethan Badowski. Yeah. Every, like like he yeah. made the lineup. Yeah. I would always quote tweet it and I'd be like, Ethan, what did you do? Just try to fuel the fire. Yeah. Come on, Ethan. What are you doing? And then uh, also, obviously, the Jacob Stallings deal. That's another huge thing. Loved. That's a position of need. We didn't give up a whole lot. I'm a huge fan of it. I was wondering how you were feeling. Loved that one. I mean, I think Zach Thompson's a legit back-end rotation guy like I think he is but where does he fit in for the Marlins yeah doesn't make sense I love Kyle Nicholas I mean I just had him on the podcast last week oh no way oh you guys got to check that out we'll definitely check it out doing a new series on our YouTube where I have a prospect on the the call-up podcast every week um and if they're willing to and so far everyone's been willing to I did it with Griffin as my test dummy first time Griffin <laughs> and I, um, to make sure it all went well but we go on StreamYard. I pull a bunch of my favorite clips from their season and oh, sick. I have them talk to me about it. So like Griff, we're talking about some home runs uh, after a bad swing, like the adjustment he made in the box. He's walking me through it. Same with Kyle. He was talking to me about, you know, a sequence he went after a guy with going like fastball inside slider, like what he was thinking and walking me through it. And it was really darn cool uh, to get back to the trade. 
again, think about what the Marlins were doing behind the dish, right? You take Jorge Alfaro and Sandy Leone, who combined for a negative F war, right? A negative war, uh, <laughs> so hard the worst do. offensive combination behind the dish in baseball and not good defensively. And then you switch that into the best defensive catcher in baseball and a decent bat, like yes, a slightly above average, average bat. Man. Yes. It's going to change everything. Connor Scott is a fourth outfielder, respectfully. Um, Kyle Nicholas has a ton of upside, but again, is you know a volatile guy that could end up in the bullpen. Super talented, big leaguer, really good, but the Marlins don't necessarily need him as badly. Yeah. And same with Thompson. Loved that deal times a million. That's an A+. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. And Brandon, your Mets weren't, 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 uh, weren't sleeping. I think you got a former Marlin yourself, huh? We did get a former Marlin and, and, and Mr. Marte. I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic in Mets land because uh, last year, you know, maybe I was gloating a little bit. Maybe I was feeling a little too overly <laughs> confident. So even though I do on paper, I like all the moves. I know how quickly that can can crumble. Um, I'm excited. I mean, we have Armand. Obviously, we're talking prospects. I'm excited for some of the guys that are uh, close to the big leagues and like Mark Vientos and see what he can yes. do offensively. So I'm very That's- excited for him because it seems like he's a legit bat. I know he doesn't really have a position now, but... I'm know. a big Vientos guy, man. I so that we just put out the Mets. I just put out the Mets top ten uh, last week. I don't know if you caught mm-hmm. that one. I don't, um, I don't think we, I did. I, didn't, yeah, I put out the top ten, uh, our top ten Mets prospects uh, for for just baseball. And Vientos is a guy I absolutely love. I, I know the the defensive question. I think you could put him at DH. And if there's one dude that has any shot to do what Pete Alonso did in his rookie year, I don't think anyone will ever match that. But if the, to just have that kind of power dominance out of the gate it's vientos i mean the guy hit fastballs 95 and above which you know most guys struggle to catch up to velocity 1200 ops against 95 mile an hour and above fastballs (laughs) he hits everything breaking balls crushes most of these guys you see him they struggle with the high velo with the longer swings that kind of profile he doesn't uh he figured everything out that he needed to figure out at the plate he translates he has insane power he misses baseballs that you're like fly out to right field and ends up out of the yard. Wow. He's going to be special. I, I'm really excited. So do you combine that with the moves could, they made, hell yeah. Do you think he's a guy that could crack opening day for the Mets, or do you think we'll see him later on? Obviously, I know they have J.D. Davis and Dom Smith. They might need to move I think it depends what they do with Davis and Dom Smith. You know, yeah. I, I really would rather see him get the run than, than Dom Smith at this point. Dom Smith's like a reverse splits guy. He hits lefties better than righties anyway. Yeah. So you're, you, there's not really a purpose that he serves. He's more defensively limited, I think. And, uh, you know, Davis is not a good defender, crushes lefties. Um, so, you know, maybe you could you could have those two guys in that type of role of the third base emergency corner outfield DH type of role. But if they don't move one of those two, I think we'll probably see Vientos in the minor leagues until they, you know, finally find a trade partner right. for one of those guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the first time in a while that uh, as a Mets fan that I've been excited for some of these prospects that are coming up. I know Mets are very top heavy now, but... Brett Beatty as well, obviously. And then um, even like a lower tier guy like Jake Magnum Mangum, I want to like see him come up too. I know he's nothing. Yeah. Maybe not nothing yeah. special, but he is like the SEC hits leader. So it's like, let's see what happens, you know? Absolutely. I mean, they've done a good job kind of rebolstering that system. And then Francisco Alvarez, we have number four on of our course. top 100. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a freak <laughs> yeah, show. He's a monster. monster. It, monster. So two catchers in the top five. I'm assuming Rushman's there too, huh? Rushman's there. And then Gabriel Moreno's at, at, at eight. Wow. Oh my Catchers God. catching positions on the on the wow. up and up in yeah. baseball. And then there was that who were the two dudes taken in the top ten last year? 
the pirates Henry guy Davis. and then, yes Henry Davis, Davis man he's he's gonna be special where are you on a uh, Khalil Watson I know it, the last time we talked to you it was post draft but are you have you gone anywhere I know he's had a few at bats in the Marlins organization now yeah no Watson's as as talented as as it gets I mean he, the guy just can can really really hit I think it's more of a question of just you know uh, can he can he handle what goes into being a professional baseball player and, uh, you know, just managing all of those things and also just the, the shortstop position? Can he stick there? But the bat is as much upside as any offensive you know prospect in this Marlins system, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of professional baseball players, hopefully we can see some soon because this lockout's going too long. What did you think of that transition, Brandon? Pretty good. That right? was pretty clean. <laughs> that was pretty good. Wow. That was pretty good. Every podcast. So uh, I was kind of wondering what your take, obviously it seems like social media has done such a, uh, an important and integral job as part of as being on the player side and giving them an outlet to talk about the, the labor negotiation issues that I've been having. And I, I remember as a kid, it was like newspapers growing up, like all of my access to information was through the mouths of the owners for the first time uh, that I interacted with it. But now as we've gotten older and in the age of social media and how much it's played a part, um, especially this last week, like with Scherzer getting on board and then there was the, um, the Trevor May Twitch stream thing that happened. I was wondering how you've been feeling about the, the player strategy towards uh, attacking this lockout. You know, I, I really have, have like sat down and thought about it for a while just because I'm like, okay, this is, this is so layered. You know, how do we really feel about all this? And, you know, like my, at first, my, my initial reaction is like, is this the best way to get things done? You know, like I'm reading said Trevor May on his Twitch stream and I'm like, that's the most 2022 thing I've ever <laughs> truly, heard. Yeah, truly. Um, but, you know, and I'm thinking about, I'm like, is that, is that really good? Is, is that going to help things? And then I realized MLB is doing that already. These owners are doing that in a much more calculated, strategic, and less Twitch streamy way, right? I mean, you're not going to get uh, said MLB owner on his Twitch stream, but they're basically doing <laughs> that Cohen? through calculation. <laughs> yes, yeah, there was a guy yeah. ripping some Fortnite, which I hear is back <laughs> apparently. Um, but like, you look at it from from that standpoint of like. The owners are already doing that with strategic PR releases. The federal mediator thing. Am I allowed to curse on this? By yes, the way? absolutely. Oh, yes. Okay. Federal mediator thing was absolute eyewash and bullshit. Yeah. Um, it didn't work in 94. Uh, it, it was it was a joke of, a, of an idea in 94. And they know it's a joke of, idea, of an idea in 2022. It's just, again, more posturing, more delay. Um, and more PR moves because they want to try to, to paint it as much as it, the players won't budge as much as they can. Uh, the owners are strategic with this. And at the end of the day, the the, the players lose a lot more uh, than the owners do because, you know, you, you got a lot of these teams that are that are owned by massive corporations. And this is just one of their many things that they, that they don't really care nearly as much about, uh, whereas the players, it's their whole career. So every day that the owners delay this whole process, which is exactly what they did by saying they're going to come with a counterproposal, then Never not doing up. it, yeah. then mentioning the federal mediator, kicking the can down the road, all of those things, that's every day that we that passes is a little bit less on that green health meter for the players. Yeah. Owners don't lose anything. Yeah, they're going to get their 150 million in, in the wild card game as is. And that's the big issue here. So I'm all for the players every waking day that they're losing leverage to go out and say, this is what's freaking happening right now, because this is what's happening. Yeah. And I was listening to, to um, I almost said just baseball talking baseball uh, today. And they were talking, they, they made a great point that I hadn't really considered yet. Is that like, the moment that this moves past spring training and into the regular season, while the owners will still be losing like a, uh, an amount of money, it is it pales in comparison to an entire salary that somebody else is losing. And like having the leverage of being able to like 
to, to force people to essentially not have any source of income when it comes to the beginning of the season like that, that is just a, a really scary hand to be able to be played. And it seems like they're not afraid of playing it. Like it, it seems as though they're willing to take this down. They're okay with a shorter season that they get the expanded playoffs. Anyways, more owners will make more money. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's really been kind of refreshing to see. Uh, it feels like a greater population of baseball fans embracing the players side of things, as opposed to the owner side of things recently. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because you know, I think this is something too. I, you still have like those those crazy people that are in your mentions. Like at the end of the day, like they're they're millionaires and whatever. Yeah. So just because they're a millionaire, they should be you know not be compensated the way taken advantage should. of. Yeah. Right. It's being fully taken advantage of. Like I understand it, and there's certain times where it is a little bit frustrating. You know how many millions are in a billion? Have you, have you seen that rice? <laughs> have you seen that rice uh, like visual? Yeah. Where the it's meme, like, this yeah, is or whatever. What, this yeah. is what a million looks like. And it's like two grains of rice. And this is what a billion looks like. And it's like a massive bowl filled yeah, with rice. Insane. It Like that puts into perspective how much the players are impacted versus how much the owners yeah. are impacted. And, and I think that's kind of where we're at here. Yeah. I think the best uh, representation of it. So the, pl- the union's obviously fighting for the pre-arbitration players to get that, uh, the pool, right? They're trying to get a pool of, of, uh, I think they offered 110 million, then dropped to 105 million. Is that what it was? And then they're about 90 million apart from what the league's offering, right? Yeah. The league countered at 10. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> it's really wild. It's really wild. And I, I know that there's been, uh, you're, you both honestly will probably know more about this than I will, but the, the incorporating war into the arbitration mm-hmm. process, is that something that they were talking about doing as well? Or where was the war being incorporated? Yeah. So, so I think what the rough idea was that is that they'd create a pool. Um, and, and what the players pitched was hey, the top 20 pre-arbitration players in war will be eligible. I don't know how they were deciding to tier split this up potentially, or if it's an even split across how that would work. I'm not sure. Uh, but any of those pre-art players, the top 20 or whatever, however many in war, would split that pool. It's on the surface sounds like a great idea. And overall, I think it's a great idea. I do think that it is fair for the owners to say that 110 million is a little bit high, right? Like you could meet it like 60, 70, just because year to year this could change, right? Like the top 20 pre-art players in war one year could be much worse than another year or much better than another year. <laughs> you could be like a two yeah. war guy and somehow sneak your way into the back end there. Yeah. Uh, if, if the league isn't as loaded with young talent as it is right now, uh, like the, the, there's some layers to that. And I think there's some more complexities to it, but when you just boil it down to, we started at 110 and you countered at 10. Um, I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know about when it comes to, to, good faith negotiations because countering back at 10 isn't saying we hate your idea. <laughs> it's just saying the money's not there for us. Um, which again, when we talk about the owners, it's a drop. In the yeah. Bucket. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the, the service time manipulation is another thing that there's been a lot of discussion about as well. Obviously Chris Bryant is a big example used for that as well as Vladimir Guerrero jr. A lot of these dudes that would have been brought up to major leagues because of how well that they're playing being kept down in minor leagues for, um, for service time manipulation, essentially. Um, I, that's another thing that the players have brought to the table to, to discuss with ownership as well. Right. Yeah. Well, well the funny thing is, is that the players have shown willingness to, to, to drop that for now. Wow. Um, and I think the the contingency would be this pool. Um, and, and that's the big thing, right, is you have the players showing a willingness to drop some things here. Um, and again, it's, it's not a 50-50 negotiation as much as we want to <laughs> pretend it is yeah. because the players are always going to have to give more. The, pro- the reason why we're here is that the players gave too much in 2016. And now they're trying to make up for how much they gave up back then. 
and you can't get it all back. Yeah. Uh, and I think they realize that. So they drop the year of control. They're like, okay, we can deal with the year of control. If you at least guarantee a couple million to the best performers, so they have some financial security um, in this pre-arb pool. So that's why it's even more ridiculous that the owners countered at such a low number after the players already dropped the extra year of ARP. Because it's like, you, you already said, I'm willing to let that ship sail. We'll drop that main sticking point if you do this. And then they countered as a joke in that pre-ARP pool. Yeah, yeah, it's really wild. It just it's it seems as though the players are constantly willing to give and give and give, and the ownerships are just sitting on their hands, just kind of remaining stagnant and everything. That's why we are where we are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Arm, do you think because this is taking so long, and obviously, uh, you know, they have big financial issues they still need to overcome between the two? Do you think things like, uh, for example, we spoke to you about this the last time you were on? Trading prospects, is that not going to happen in this agreement now because they have to deal with so many other financial issues? So expand on that a little bit more. So uh, I know we discussed, like, obviously, like, being able to trade prospects. So you couldn't – or uh, draft picks, excuse me. Oh, oh, like, draft. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean by that. Sorry. I, I think we're going to see the draft. I think that's one of the easier points of this whole thing is mm-hmm. actually is actually the trading of draft picks and potentially just the, the changing of – the drafting system in general. I think that's one of the more simple things that the owners aren't going to die on that hill as much. I think the lottery seems to be one of the things the draft lottery seems to be one of those things that yeah. uh, the owners mm-hmm. are not as much pushing back on it because we've seen it work successfully in other leagues. And at the end of the day, it, it, it can work in your favor too, right? I mean, it's a bad example now uh, given where Zion is unfortunately <laughs> yeah. or not where he's not, but like, you you saw that clip of of the season ticket office when when the the Pelicans won the lottery, right? And it, the season ticket office is going nuts because they just all realize they're about to make a lot more. Yeah, money, right? yeah. That worked in the Pelicans' favor. Like this can work in your favor. The lottery shouldn't be something that owners necessarily hate because then you can actually try a little bit, be the third worst team, and still get the first pick, right? So I, I think everybody's okay with that. I know that the players are okay with that because you're disincentivizing, disincentivizing being the worst team. It doesn't make any difference. Um, So don't purposely be the worst team ever. Um, (laughs) So I think I think we're going to see a draft lottery. And with that, I think uh, an increased likelihood of being able to trade picks, which, you know, at the end of the day, at least even just limited to the first five rounds. You know, because yeah. it could get complicated when you're trading a 23rd rounder or whatever. But you know, <laughs> yeah, trade the top 10 round picks. I think that would be something that would be great for baseball. Make it a little bit more fun as they're trying to clearly draw more interest to the draft by putting it in All-Star Weekend. This would be a good way to do that as well. Yeah, they were broadcasting on television now. I remember uh, I was watching a, a Foolish Bailey video with Trevor Plouffe where they were talking about his what it was like when he was drafted even probably 15 years ago now i think it was 2007 yeah. um and how much it's changed and also like the the we got a fake deadline kind of thing here towards the end of baseball in a way that uh is such an exciting aspect we're coming up on the nba trade uh, nba trade deadline now um and as a magic fan i'm anticipating some trading of draft picks and that like it, it's just a really interesting way for armchair gms to just kind of enjoy the sport and baseball's looking to increase the 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 fans obviously mm-hmm. and that's a great way to do it and, and it's played a big part in a lot of trades because a lot of teams don't have that like number eight type prospect in a system. Yeah. Like we talk about really top heavy systems like the Mets, you're not trading Alvarez, Beatty or, or Vientos or even Matt Allen, frankly, but then the, the drop off from there is, is kind of significant. So you, you kind of struggle to put a deal together. 
I think it makes it easier to make trades and it makes it, like you said, more fun for the armchair GMs. That's what helped the Randy Arozarena trade for, for Matthew Libertor. That's what helped to get across was actually a compensation pick. Uh, so some of those trades that are, you know, kind of one for one or close to it, uh, that kind of helps make it happen. Um, and, and I'm all here for it to make things a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, are you, where are you with confidence? I think Brandon and I were talking about before you got on it. I don't even know if we were, I think we were recording at this time, but um, that it's starting to feel real that baseball might not be coming back as soon as we were hoping it would. They were getting close to when pitchers and catchers would normally come back. Spring training is supposed to be just a couple weeks away. I was wondering where you personally feel like we are as towards uh, get, getting closer to a baseball season. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I had always been pretty optimistic, um, which, you know, maybe a bit naive, um, but I just felt like after 2020, where, where, where both sides lost a lot of money, um, I felt like w- we would be in a situation here. And also ratings were strong locally for a lot of different teams. A lot of, There was a lot of positive trends. MLB TV viewership was up a ton. Um, you had just a, a level of interest across the game that I think was something you could build upon. And uh, uh, early playoff ratings were good too. I really felt like they'd want to capitalize on that momentum. Uh, the, the, the more we, we dig into this and, and the more we get into it, you realize still how much the owners just don't really care. Yeah. Um, and, and when you think about that, uh, it, it has made me a little bit more nervous, a little bit more skeptical. I'll be honest, Niner, uh, you know, Je- Jeff Conine has, has kept me pretty confident uh, because you know, okay. he obviously went through 94, 95 and, yeah. and he felt like they'd find a way. Um, but I'm, I'm circling back with Niner tomorrow for, yeah, for an episode outside the box of Jeff Conine. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where he's at now. I, I, I still am, I'm leaning, like, I'm still going to say that they get it done. 162 spring training gets absolutely obliterated and yeah. gets, you know, messed up, but it is what it is. Um, I'm not going to really start worrying about the games probably for another week, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm I was just about to say it. it a feels, lot more yeah. worried than I was before. A it feels like this worried. upcoming week because there's the owners only meeting, right? That happens on Tuesday. And then it feels like we'll start to get stuff on Wednesday. And then I hopefully- think they have some union reps there too. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, that's what I was reading in The Athletic. Oh, nice. So then, so hopefully by the end of the week that there'll be some sort of like compromise proposal, but if it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't get done this week, it, it starts to feel like the writing is on the wall that we're going to get a limited season for sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's where you really start to, to, to lose people <laughs> yeah. a little bit. So uh, I'm, I'm staying optimistic on that. And like, again, like they saw what happened in 95, 94, 95, like how hard it was to get people back. Yeah. Um, and what it took to get people back. Yeah. Uh, and also it took a, a media boom. Right. It took the 2000s. Uh, it took the dot com boom. It took baseball actually being one of the pioneers when it comes to distribution of videos, ironically. Um, and then squandering that later by limiting who can distribute the videos yeah. uh, in true baseball fashion. But <laughs> but the point is, like, they know what's happened. And I'm hoping that they, you know, if I'm MLBPA, I'm just going to show them what happened in the past. Right. Like, like, look at these numbers. Look at what you're about to do to yourself. It's going to be worse than you think. What is the mindset? Because I actually I, I remember speaking to I think all of us are a hair too young to remember uh, 94. But yeah. what because I know I've spoken to a lot of like friends parents that are like oh yeah i used to be a huge cincinnati reds fan but then 94 came and i stopped watching them and i i don't know i don't understand that maybe because i'm such a diehard that's like whatever happens i'll watch it but it's like is it a greed thing like what why do people stop watching it because there's a delay and there's a dispute i don't understand it yeah you know that one that one i always thought was a little bit weird i was actually talking about that in an uber the other day because i'm taking the uber and and i was i was venting about like yeah, people are like, oh, I swore off baseball in 94, 95. 
uh, you know, I'm not giving these greedy billionaires my money and, and this and that. And then, you know, well, Uber didn't exist back then, but the people that are saying that now are going to go call the Uber, hop into it and pay another billionaire, right? Yeah, and you're going to go do whatever you do day to day and pay another billionaire who's probably even more of an asshole. Yeah, go um, to McDonald's so, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it is what it is. You can't live your life avoiding paying billionaires. And I'd rather pay the baseball guys because at least some of it goes to, to the players and some of it goes to, you have to realize how much it impacts people like us, right? Or, yeah. And how much it impacts people who work at the stadiums and how much it impacts everybody yeah. else. Like swearing off baseball impacts those people more than it impacts the owners. Yeah, I can absolutely. tell you that. But I do think that the difference was that they ended the season during it, um, which I like if I'm a Montreal Expos fan yeah. in 94, <laughs> bro, I might never want I might never want to hear the word baseball again. Right. Like they would not only would they have won the World Series most likely that year, like who knows how they would have finished. But not only would they have been one of the favorites to win the World Series and were dominating baseball at a different level. By the way, Jeff Conine, look up the numbers, was having the best season of his career, was like like absolutely mashing. And I always make fun of him about it because um, like he literally was having as good of a season as you could have. And had that season. It was it was his best finish. He he had eight, he finished 18th in MVP voting that season. Hit 319, 373, 525 that oh, year. Oh man, uh, with wow. a 900 OPS. Um, That's and, insane. Yeah, he was he was raking, and they just ended the season. Uh, so you know, you, you imagine if you're a, a Conine family member and or a fan of the Expos, like you, you're pissed, right? Like yeah. that's a different level of aggravation. A delay to the season, I don't think quite has that much of the the repercussions. I don't think it'll be quite as catastrophic. But to, to answer your question, Brandon, I think the mindset was you invested yourself in a whole season. You paid money to attend. You mm-hmm. bought a package to watch the games. You did all of this. And then they end it in the middle of it. That's like the biggest mm-hmm. like we don't care ever. Yeah, it's like when a TV show just was would like stop in the middle of the season and you don't get any sort of like the yeah, climactic like you're so the invested. They're like, yeah. nah, nah, we don't. Like, really we're not finish. bringing it back. We're not bringing it back. Today's episode of NL Feast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. That's spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. I want to circle back on a thing. You were so you're you're taking Ubers more. We were talking about that a little bit before we started recording. So how often do you get into baseball conversations when you're in your Uber? Too much. Do you Too think much. it's like a, like a, we're hitting at like an eighty percent rate here? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like I'll get a phone call or something. It'll be from like the co-host. Like, oh, what do you want to talk about? Driver over here is me talking a little baseball, and then yeah, the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I always like talking to the Uber drivers just because, you know, I feel like people are probably not very nice. But there's definitely some days where, like, I don't really feel like talking about Dude, baseball. I feel like, that's a- like, I just did it all day. Yeah, um, yeah, that's going to be like, exhausting. You know, it's like 9 o'clock right now. I'm, it was an easy day. I'm thrilled to be talking baseball. But there's some days where I was up super late. I'm editing, yeah. uh, whatever. And then I got to wake up. And I just don't want to talk about baseball with a stranger that I'm never going to see again, yeah, I, uh, it's, respectfully. It's also like, like a New York, L.A. thing, I feel like, is when I left Florida and then went to major cities that like the the percentage of talking to Uber people, like it, it seemed like that was almost like a, a taboo thing. But I still like doing it, dude. Uber guys, like Uber guys, girls, everybody who's driving Uber. You will always hear an interesting thing out of them, I feel like. 
Yeah, I mean, their job is to see people. Like yeah. you, you got to wonder what you know what what they see. Uh, I, that's a that's a job I always like thought to myself like I'll do that I'll do that and obviously never got yeah. around to it. Yeah, it's but. too hard. I, I did food delivery for DoorDash for a little bit. That was my I, my I did time that. Doing. Did that for a little bit. Didn't last as long as I thought <laughs> I would. Great. No, I would do. Brandon, I don't know if I told you this, but when I was like really running open mics in L.A., I would be leaving my job at the restaurant that I was waiting tables at, and then I would turn DoorDash on, and I would hit as many of them, uh, as many of the whatever deliveries or whatever, when I was driving home as I could to pay for the open mics that I was doing. Wait, that not night, at so. your own restaurant, though. No, 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 no. That's okay. a much better idea. <laughs> I should have been just doing that. I'm an entrepreneur. What can I say? Uh, but I would try to be like, okay, there's like doing three slots or two slots at the fourth wall, or then going to good night or whatever. And I'd be like, I need 15 bucks tonight to pay for this. And then I would drop off like McDonald's four times to call it. <laughs> I don't think you ever told me that. I love that. That was like a modern day taxi driver. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, yeah, but hopefully a little nicer, <laughs> a little bit better. Aram, this was phenomenal, man. Thank you. This was for those listening who don't know. This was about as last minute as a podcast guest we could yeah, get. Yeah, that's on me. Yeah. No, that's on me, guys. No. I'm sorry about that. Oh, no. I meant me no, hitting you up sad. like four hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> like me, no, to be like, no, hey, no, end the night, any chance? I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to still get me on because you know, I, I saw it at like seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, oh, you want to go at eight? I'm like, <laughs> is it too late? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the Twitter DMs are, are uh, not good with them, but you got my phone number now and, and you can reach out anytime, of course. I, I love hopping on with you guys, you're a lot of fun. It's, it's refreshing, um, you know, sometimes not, not having to be, you know, so serious and business like, for example, um. And it was a right. I don't even want to like pick on this as, as a bad spot, but I went, I went on a, I had, a, I went on an MLB.com podcast oh, um, nice. to go okay. over a top 10 list that I'd recently put out, um, which I'll tell you guys a little bit about it after we, we record, but I couldn't mention a single 40 man roster prospect and the entire, like, wait, like, Oh, because it's, Oh my God. I didn't and it's an MLB.com podcast. Like, yeah. So it's just nice to be able to <laughs> just like nightmare. hang out. Hang out and talk, right? But, and I didn't get that warning until during, and I'm sure you're an oh. extremely busy guy, and like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I hop on, and you know, I'm like amped up to talk about the top four guys, all 40 man roster guys. I'm oh like, oh yeah, God. so we can't talk about the 40 man guys. Like, who else do you like? And I'm like, then you have to uh, rack your brain and be like, yeah. who's not on a 40 man? Thank who goodness, like I just written up the system, and and I waste. I, look, I don't know any actors and actresses. Like when you list out actors, it's a joke with my friends. <laughs> you could put up a lineup of five famous actors outside of like Tom Cruise and yeah, Leo big, DiCaprio, but like and just Freddie outside Prince. of that. You got Freddie Prince, right? Freddie. For summer. <laughs> no, summer I couldn't. Never heard of him in my life. <laughs> I, it, you could put a like any decently known actor. I won't know who it is because all of my brain like bandwidth is wasted on on a bajillion prospects. Um, so so that did work in my favor a little bit there. Um, but yeah, it was like, geez, this is so serious and businesslike and, and just like, it's fun to just have serious conversations in a fun way. So I, yeah. Really and talk that. summer catch. There's probably zero summer, summer catch. catch talk on that podcast. I imagine. Right. Zero. zero. <laughs> they yeah, can't awesome. appreciate good cinematography, but you will. You'll Listen, we're, oh, yes, we get it. They just added summer catch to the 40 man. So we can't talk about <laughs> no, it. We can't, can't mention oh, it. No, got to take it out. Got to take it out. All right. Plug your stuff. Let everybody know where they can find you. Check you out. Read your stuff. Let them know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, JustBaseball.com is where we've got you know everything rocking and rolling. We just put out a really in-depth piece, our, our own Ron Cox, FIU professor. Ron Porter. Cox. No, Ron, I Cox. Love Ron Cox. Come on. He's a fan of our Ron pod. Cox is our CBA guy. Yeah, dude, Don't that makes sense. He is, he is like the smartest dude on, in the Marlins Twitter sphere. It's not even close. What, oh, wait. Which isn't saying too much. <laughs> um, <true>. yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I love my Marlins Twitter people, but like we're all idiots. Um yeah, Ron Cox is, He's is so brilliant. Yeah. His piece on our website, we just put out, I mean, even the owner, MLB 
owner stall tactics threaten the season. Like, hell yeah, yeah. Ron, you're yes. right. Let's yeah, talk absolutely. about it. Absolutely. Yeah. He's uh, but on the right just baseball.com. And then the just baseball show is, you know, where we've been doing all the, the rundowns organization, organization. And then just a couple weeks ago, I launched my personal prospect podcast, the call up where I'll be doing farm system rundowns. And of course, uh, interviews with a prospect every single week as well. So very excited about that. Yeah. We'll have to check that out. Amazing. I mean, I, I want to see the absolutely. ones, uh, yeah, the, the, the minor league stuff. Um, hell yeah. Brandon, plug your stuff. I'll oh. plug my stuff and we can get out of here. We'll, you we'll, can we'll, follow we'll me it. on the Twitter at Brando Grosso. Sam, where, where can they find you? Follow me at NL Feast. Uh, Sam, I almost forgot my own Twitter handle there for a second. Follow You'd the pod. Shocked. Yeah, You'd be shocked dude. how many people forget their own Twitter handle. It's I changed it like, what, th- probably like three or four months ago. I was like, yeah. So it's just always always getting messed up in my brain. Follow the, the podcast on Twitter at NL Feast. Shoot us an email if you want, nlfeastpod at gmail.com. And as always, check out my band. We have a new song dropping in a month. Um, Brandon, anything else before you get out of here? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.